And thank you, Ms. Cassie, for reading our uh, scripture for today. That was Matthew 18, or Matthew 8, 18 through 22. It's on page 582 of your Blue Bibles. It's on page 44 of your scripture journals, if you're bringing those. If you're looking for a scripture journal that you can um, journal along with and take notes as we're moving through the book of Matthew, we have those available at the connections table at the back. You can pick one up after service. And then um, you can also join us in the Bible app if you're wanting to follow along on your phone. Um, go ahead and invite you to find your way to Matthew 8, 18 through 22. Um, that way you can take notes as we are moving through this morning. Well, good morning, Fellowship High Crest. It is so good to be worshiping with you today. My name is Jill Rice, and I am the Director of Ministries here at our church. If you know anything about me, um, you know that I love dogs. <laughs> I am a dog person. Um, we, Growing up, we had several different types of pets in our house and on our property. We had everything from goldfish to a horse, so... We had everything in between, but dogs were the consistent thing in our family and um, at our house. When I graduated college and I got my own apartment, um, my friend and I, we said, hey, we want to get a dog. This will be our very first dog, you know, on our own as adults. And it was a great idea, <laughs> but I did not count the cost of all of the vet bills and the immunizations and potty training and food, um, et cetera. I, I counted some of the costs. Like, I, I wasn't totally ignorant about what it costs to have a dog, but I didn't count nearly enough. <laughs> um, I know that pets, they can bring so much joy and connection to our homes, but they also bring so much more. <laughs> so much more. Um, when it comes to following Jesus, sometimes we struggle to count the cost. Sometimes we struggle with following Jesus because we aren't sure what that really means. In our passage today, we see some potential followers of Jesus, um, and they get caught in a couple of traps that I think that we still get caught in today. The first trap is having enthusiasm without understanding. And the second trap I like to call the maybe later mentality. We're going to unpack those some more today, and we're going to learn that following Jesus is first costly, and it demands our urgency. Last week, Jonathan set us up really well as we walked through Jesus' miracles in the first part of chapter 8. Jesus has the authority to perform these miracles and to radically change people's lives. And we asked if we would ask Jesus to make those same changes in our own lives and then follow through with them. Today, we will look at the cost of following Jesus and some of the hurdles we face in making those choices and being able to say yes to him. You see, when we got our puppy, it had been a long time since I had had a puppy, and so I couldn't remember all of the puppy stages. The only one I could really remember was this one, the really cute and cuddly stage, the one where they're fluffy, and they're just, you just want to, yeah. Um, I was really enthusiastic for this stage. <laughs> I forgot about stage two. The velociraptor stage. I was less enthusiastic about that stage. This is a stage where they're like an absolute terror. They destroy everything and they're deaf. They can't hear. 
they lose the inability to hear anything that you say to them. <laughs> I did not count the cost of my apartment or the vet bills that come with stage two. I just didn't. <laughs> In our passage today, we see Jesus' miracles and that they, what they looked like last week, and they started attracting all of these crowds. Large amounts of people were starting to follow Jesus. They wanted to be around him. And Jesus decides to leave the crowds and move to another region. In verse nine, the religious leader, one of the religious leaders comes to Jesus and he says, I wanna follow you. I will go wherever you go. The religious leader has high enthusiasm for following Jesus. He, we're not really entirely sure why. Maybe he has heard some of Jesus' teachings from the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he's even witnessed some of these miracles that Jesus has performed. Um, whatever the reason, <laughs> he knows enough that he wants more of Jesus. Jesus' response isn't to help, tell him, yes, come follow me, no, you can't follow me, but it's to try to get him to count the cost. That's what he means when he says, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. See, at this point, Jesus is incredibly popular. He wants to ensure the religious leaders choose, this religious leader chooses him, not for just the good things about Jesus, not for Jesus' influence or his power or his ability to make things happen, He's trying to communicate that following him isn't always going to be that mountaintop experience. Later in Matthew's gospel, we learn that some of the towns that the disciples go to, they don't welcome them. They get into situations where food seems impossible. And Jesus has to perform miracles to even provide them food to eat. There's betrayal and power struggles. I think this verse also hints that Jesus is ultimately going to be rejected by these crowds. We love the idea of Jesus. Isn't it amazing that God would extend unending grace and unconditional love towards us? It's amazing and it's overwhelming to think about. Maybe you've even been told, all you gotta do is ask for Jesus' forgiveness and he'll do it. He'll forgive you. And it's true. He does forgive unconditionally. He also asks for our unconditional authority in our lives. Following him will cost us. We don't see how this religious leader responds to Jesus. We don't know if he counts the cost worth it or not. We know what the value of Jesus is in our lives when our, our need is really high, right? Man, he can come in and he can save me and he can give me the strength that I need. But do we grasp and trust in the value of Jesus when the cost to us is high? Because following him is gonna cost you greatly. It will cost you status. It's gonna cost you time, money, influence, Maybe even your good name. When he's asking you to be friends with people that are on the outside that no one else likes. 
when he asks you to stand up for the right thing, even when it's the unpopular choice? Is he an authority worth giving up everything for? Is his grace and redemption worth giving him the authority in your life? This is the question that Jesus asked the religious leader. And he's asking the same thing to us today. So, enthusiasm without understanding is our first hurdle. Our second hurdle is that maybe later mentality. See, when you get a puppy, you lose control (laughs) of your schedule. (laughs) You are now up at all hours, house training, crate training, comforting, playing, feeding, cleaning up all the messes. Um, You have to respond to the dog's needs when they arise. And some things that were important and good in your routine and schedule now get pushed to the back burner. You have to let go of the I might get to that later mentality. Because that dog throw up at two in the morning is not something you want to find when you get up. (laughs) In our passage, the disciple asks a different type of question from the religious leader. You see, the religious leader, his issue was a scope of commitment kind of issue. The disciple wants to delay following. He wants to follow Jesus, but he has something that's important in his life that he wants to go take care of first. Burying his father was a really good thing to do, right? Like, that's super important. Burying our parents and honoring our parents is incredibly important. It would have been considered very honoring for him to take care of his father. And Jesus lets him know that a good thing can still be the enemy of the best thing. See, Jesus was leaving right then. His ministry wasn't going to wait for this guy to go home and bury his father. So he tells him to let the, be- the dead bury the dead. That seems really harsh to us, right? Like, gosh, Jesus, why would you ask me to make that kind of choice? This seems impossible. But what Jesus is trying to get him to understand is there are people that are not being called to follow me right now. They are not seeing the value and the good and the authority of me in their lives. Let them bury that person. I am calling you to a ministry full of life-giving power and authority. And I'm calling you now. I think this is one of the biggest hurdles that we face when it comes to truly following Jesus. It's the thing that keeps us from engaging and connecting further with him and with his church. It's distractions. Our families, our jobs, our friends, they provide us endless opportunities to say, maybe later to God. Maybe later. I'm not sure what it looks like for you and your family, but I do see and hear some common threads. Maybe it's kids' sports or activities. They're good, and they provide some amazing things for our kids and for our families, but they often prevent us from really connecting with the church. It can be prioritizing family activities over time that we need to set aside for connecting with God and his church. Maybe it's school or work opportunities. You see, I had this challenge a few years ago. Jay and I had been volunteering at the rescue mission. We were mentors there. Um, Every week we would go and we would spend time with a group of people at the mission. 
And it was so amazing. We got to see some life-transforming things happen in people's lives. Really good work. And we've been doing it for a while. And Jonathan came to me with this opportunity to join the teaching team here at Fellowship High Crest. At that point, I wasn't on staff. I was a volunteer. And um, it meant that at every Tuesday night, I would spend the evening at Jonathan's house with the team, and we would eat dinner together, and then we would um, study the scriptures. We would learn how to, to preach and to share the gospel from the stage. And it was like, it was going to be this amazing opportunity. And I had a choice to make. Like, I couldn't give up every night of my, my week to be somewhere else. And I had to choose, like, am I going to continue to do this good thing at the rescue mission that has value and worth that I would encourage other people to do and be a part of? Or I'm going to take this opportunity where I know God is calling me to go deeper and be connected more to the ministry at the church that I'm a part of? Am I going to choose the good thing or the best thing? I had to make that choice. And I did. I, I chose to give it the rescue mission. I chose to join the teaching team. And from there, things moved. I was able to come on staff full time. And I, that may or may not have happened. I don't know. <laughs> if I did come on staff or didn't come on staff, it was still the right choice to make because it was what God was asking me to do. For you, it might look like doing fewer kids' activities so you have the margin for being in community group or consistently being here on a Sunday to be a part of a serve team. It might look like taking a different job opportunity so you can not have two jobs, you can have one job, so you can be more present. It might be saying no to weekend activities or late night events so you can not only be present but more committed to your church home. For some of you, you know God has been calling you to do something for him on a consistent basis. But you're letting another good thing stand in way of God's best for you. Maybe you have a fear of missing out on the wrong thing. See, you're comfortable with what you know, so you aren't willing to leave that comfort for the uncertainty of something different. Later in Matthew, his disciples witnessed some amazing, mind-blowing connection opportunities with the God of the universe in the form of Jesus. Peter walks on water. Jesus feeds over 5,000 people with a few loaves of bread and some fish. They witness Jesus transfigure and begin to walk around with Moses and Elijah. The disciples themselves are sent out to teach and heal people in Jesus' name and authority. They witness Jesus' death and then his bodily resurrection. They get to touch the holes in his hands and in his side. They receive the Holy Spirit and they're sent out to start the church. This young disciple in our story today is faced with a, making a good decision or the best decision. We don't know if he chose to follow Jesus on the boat that day or go home and bury his father. We don't know. Some of us are in the same place as the religious ruler and the disciple. Maybe you've visited here and you've heard the gospel a few times and you're extremely excited about what we do here and you wanna join and you wanna be a part of it and you've got, you say, I put my name on that and put my name on that and I wanna be a part of that. 
You might even have a few ideas of your own about how to make this place better. (laughs) But you haven't asked yourself, what is this gonna cost me? What is it gonna cost me in my time? Am I willing to rearrange my schedule to make this work? What happens when someone that I'm serving with or in my community group has an opinion or says something that I don't agree with? What happens? We have to ask ourselves, am I willing to make the changes necessary to really see Jesus as my authority and worth following with my whole life? On the flip side, maybe you wanna follow God, but you have things that keep distracting you from that choice. You're stuck in the maybe later mentality. We don't know what the men in this story decided to choose. We only know that the options that Jesus gave them. Will you take Jesus up on his offer? It's risky. It's going to cost you everything. Not some things, not a few things, It's going to cost you everything. Here's the deal, though. Jesus already sacrificed everything for you. Everything for us. Without Jesus, we are dead and hopeless. This life doesn't have any lasting meaning or connection. Everything and everyone will fail you, including you. God knows this and he loves us so much that he wanted to redeem what was once dead and bring it back to life. He turns mourning into dancing and he gives beauty for ashes. He turns shame into glory. Only he can do those things. So the question is, is he worth the cost to you? Will you follow him with urgency? If you decide to make that decision today for the first time and you're stepping over the line of faith, you're like, I want to know how to be connected. I want to know how to follow Jesus. Let us know. We want to be able to walk alongside you and help you in those things. You can do that by texting CONNECT to 785-432-4544 or you can meet us at the connections table at the back of the gym after service. Pray with me. Father, we come to you today and we lay our lives before you. We say, God, we're not great at counting the cost. God, we're easily distracted into doing other things. But we know that you have made the ultimate sacrifice to bring us closer to you in community with you in your presence, the presence of the one true God. Father, give us courage and strength to follow you, whatever the cost, whatever the storm might be right now, whatever the uncertainty might be right now. Father, I pray that you would strengthen us and that you would give us eyes to see you and hearts that wanna follow after you, Father. God, we love you. In your name I pray, amen.